to this week's edition of Sunday Morning Live from Fresh Fire Church. Today's message from Pastor Adam will encourage and strengthen your walk with Christ. If you would like to be a partner with Fresh Fire Church for $15 a month or more, become our patron on Podbean or visit freshfirechurch.net. And now, let's join the service. He said, you are loved. 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 And you are chosen. He has chosen you. You didn't choose him. He chose you. He chose you when you were even received in your mother's womb. He knew your DNA. He knew what you were going to go through in life. Whether it was good or bad. And he said, do you know who you are? Do you know who you are in Christ? Do you know? Do you truly know? Do you truly know? And the last thing is that he had spoken. He has spoken over us. We have no worries. We have no problems. He is there. He is the faithful one. Man can't be faithful. He said man will fail you every time. If you're in a situation and you're worried and you're depressed and you're worried about things of the life, don't worry. Because he has your back. He always has. He's always had your back. And he just said every day, just think about the four things that I just shared with you. My closet is in my kitchen. And I get my praise on. And I dance like I ain't never danced. When I was in the world, I was a dancer. I didn't go out to drink. I stayed on that dance floor till it was the last song. And now I'm dancing in, an, in another way for Christ. And that's where my dance floor is in my kitchen. So if you have a praise room, get it on. Praise God like you ain't never praised him before. These are end times people. God is coming. He's coming sooner than we think. He's preparing his people. He keeps coming. He keeps coming. And nobody's paying attention. Nobody. Even sometimes we get in every, everyday life situations, and we take our eyes off of God. But he keeps bringing me back. He keeps bringing me back. I think I was supposed to share this word last week, but I wasn't for sure. But as I was standing here, it just kept dropping in my spirit to share this. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. I'm going to go where God wants me to go. But just remember the four things that I just shared with you. I love you guys. Yes. Well, hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
sih. She started to share some things that will go in line with what I think I'm going to preach. Well, glory. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Glory, glory, glory. We started last week. Faith under fire. You might remember it. I told somebody, I said, that might have been the best message of the year. I don't know. I had fun preaching it, but... Uh, we're going to go into the Word. I'm going to continue this, but we're going to take a slight turn with it because as we continue to, to share on faith that I believe is so important for right now where God has you, where God has us in the body of Christ, I want to make uh, today this particular message about you. I don't want it to be just generalized in a lot of times we focus on our faith in God, but I want to be able to focus in on a little bit of our responsibility when it comes to faith. And what kind of ground are you when it comes to faith? I mean, sometimes we'll pray and we don't see the results of our prayers. Mm-hmm. And then we'll, we'll say things like, well, maybe it's just not the right time or maybe it's not ready. We, we try to make excuses for God. Hello. Don't y'all get quiet on me today. You were shouting and preaching back at me last week. Listen to me. A lot of times we're, we're, we're really good at trying to make excuses for God, but I've learned that God is big enough that I don't have to make an excuse for why he didn't do something that his word said he will do. But what I have learned is that oftentimes when God has not moved on behalf of my life in a manner that, that oftentimes I have to take inventory of me. And so God has given me some stuff through his word that I believe will help you, bless you, help you to start seeing some results in your life that whenever you and I pray that we will receive whatever we ask according to his word. That's what the Bible says. And when that does not happen, we have to check us, not God. Oh, how many know we're real good at checking people? Uh Uh-huh. We're real good. Everybody on Facebook and Twitter, they're real good at clapping back at our church. And, and, and trolls on Twitter, come on. And when we're live streaming and, and making comments and all of those things, and always there's wise guys commenting on there about what we didn't get done yesterday uh, out front and cleaning up the streets of Uniontown, right? And all, people always have something to say. But how many of you know that we're really good at trying to check people when we need to be able to check ourselves? Hallelujah. So we're going to continue this faith under fire. And so if you have your Bibles, believe it or not, I'm going to jump back into the book of Genesis to introduce this to you. Yes, in the book of Genesis, chapter 1. But before we do, I want to just remind you of a couple things. It's going to be another busy week here at the church. Uh, We have, uh, just just pray, one for me. Uh, But we we kick it off tomorrow. I have a really important meeting with the CEO of Goodwill Industries out of Pittsburgh. And then uh, some other things going on, a food distribution on Thursday. So if you can help, come be a part of that. Then uh, as many of you may know, or if you hadn't heard Sister Renita, uh, her mom had passed away this week. And so we have her funeral on Friday. And so we'll be posting and announcing all of the uh, arrangements for that. But it'll be Friday in Manesson. And I'll be speaking and 
just honoring her mother and the family. And so uh, if you'd like to attend to be a part of that, we'll be putting all the details out on that later on tomorrow. All right. So lots of things to keep in mind and pray over and keep lifting uh, Renita and her family in prayers, if you would. Hallelujah. And send them just love and support over the next few days. Glory to God. Are you ready for the word today? Faith under fire. Faith under fire. Now, I'm, I'm going to actually read today out of uh, a couple of different, I may use some different translations. I usually don't do that. But I really found one I liked for where we're going to go today. So if it reads a little different, uh, that's why. I, I'm pretty usually always King James. But I, I want to I, I help you with this today. Uh, Genesis chapter 1, I want to begin in verse 11. Hallelujah. Yes. Woo, look at that. And God said, and God said, I, you, you, I, just, I just get excited about the word of God. It says, in mine, it says, then God said. In other words, when you see that in scripture, it means God's about to interrupt a situation. It means that, that there's about to be a faith-building exercise. And God said, every time you see it through Scripture, and God said, he's about to interrupt a situation. Hallelujah. Every time, listen to me, every time a word comes forth, in, even in corporate worship, when, when a message in tongues, an interpretation happens, come on, or, or someone gets a prophetic word and it says, thus says the Lord, in other words, you need to interpret that as God is about to interrupt my situation. Oh, I'm going to have to shout for you. I said, God is about to interrupt our situation. Then God said, it means whatever is going wrong or whatever looks bleak or uncomfortable, whatever looks like it's happening backwards, then God said. In other words, God's about to step on the scene and interrupt what is happening in this time. Look what it says. And then God said, let the earth bring forth grass and the herb yielding seed. Oh, you, you just aren't even going to know what's coming your way in a little bit. Let the earth bring forth grass and the herb that yields seed and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth. If you underline in your Bible or you're using your phone, you can highlight that. Whose seed is in itself. Well, you got to know what's in you. Uh, Sister Ramona started touching on that just a little bit. I thought, don't preach my message. Whose seed is in itself. My, my, my. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and the herb that yields seed according to its kind and the tree that yields fruit. Whose seed is in itself according to its own kind. And God saw that it was good. In other words, what that scripture is saying, the grape vine didn't, didn't produce apples. That whatever was within itself, it, it's producing. God's kind of put forth a continuum so that every time you want grass to grow, God doesn't have to step up to the scene and say, grow. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That every time we need something from heaven, God doesn't have to just speak it, but he, he set in place a continuum. Hallelujah. And the perpetuation is brought about through seed. Oh, hallelujah. That's why it's important for you to know what is in you. Somebody say, I got seed. Yeah, I got seed. 
Yes. Now, let me take you back when you were a, a toddler. And some of you might remember the riddle, which came first, the chicken or the egg? It's an impossible riddle to solve. Now, I know some of you wise guys are like, oh, no, it won't. No, it isn't. But it's an impossible riddle to solve. Because if there were no egg, then there'd be no chicken. And if there were no chicken, there'd be no egg. So it's kind of redundant, right? I'm going to make it make sense to you. And really, when you think about it, there's no difference between the chicken or the egg. There are some people that they won't eat chicken, but they'll eat eggs. Let me just give you a newsflash. Everything that is in the egg is in the chicken. It's like Prego. It's in there. Everything that is in the egg is in the chicken because the egg will become the chicken. That riddle is sort of what we just read in Genesis. Everything that is within the seed is already in there, and so it will perpetuate itself. Are you following me? All right? And so everything that is in the egg is in the chicken. Everything that is in the chicken is in the egg. Glory to God. And so you've got to be able to understand sort of even what... what, what uh, Squirrels understand. I sometimes was at my house, uh, squirrels are already, always walking on the wires to get from one place to the other, and then they'll hop off onto a tree, right? And they're always munching on something. But here squirrels are walking in trees, eating trees. You'll see them stuffing their jaws full of acorns. What is an acorn? Some of you think, oh, it's an acorn. No, it's a tree. Because the tree is within the acorn. Some of you have been through my leadership teaching. You remember the mango. I I won't go there. But it's in there. Are you hearing me? There's a tree within the acorn. And so you have to understand what the squirrel understands. They're running through trees, eating trees. You may say that they're acorns, but, but God's, mind, God's mind, when, when, he's think, when he sees an acorn, is a tree. That was God's plan. If the squirrel left the acorn alone, it would become a tree because it can only produce what it is. You need to understand you can only produce what you are. Oh, Hallelujah. I said, you can only produce what you are. The reason I, my kids look like me is because I can only produce what I am. Hallelujah. Right? My son, there's no denying he's my son. All right? My daughters, there's no denying that they're mine. They have a sense of humor and all of those things just like me. There's, there's no question, right? Because I can only produce what I am. Hallelujah. It it was in me. Oh, we're going to go somewhere. And believe me, this all has to do with faith. See, when when I teach or I preach, I can teach what I know, but I can only produce what I am. Genesis said, Genesis said, let every herb yielding after its own kind. That's why you and I produce what we are. That's why it's so important that we know who we are. 
we are our, our nation are we don't you haven't you ever noticed that we, we as a people are having an identity crisis that's why we're always coming up with a new label a new title a new pronoun some other kind of nonsense and garbage because we are in a crisis trying to figure out who we are Apple always thinks it knows better than me, trying to answer me when I'm preaching. Oh, hallelujah. Y'all need to fix that. You want to post our podcast, we'll fix it. Oh, hallelujah. I'm not talking to Apple. Amen. I'm preaching the word of God. <laughs> Lord Almighty. While you're featuring me, I'm going to bash your products. All right. We have got to be able to know who we are. Whose we are and who we are. We have to be able to know what's inside us. Hallelujah. We have to even be able to identify our weaknesses. We don't like to admit the areas where we're wrong. We often want to boast about the areas where we're strong, but not where we're wrong. Amen. I mean, when you're having an argument with somebody, you're always trying to argument, argue about where you think you are right, where you are strong. But you, very few times until we've made a fool of ourselves, do we come back and say, I was wrong. Or in some way, like you might not utter those words, but you're sort of like, oh, I could have handled it better because we don't ever want to say we're wrong. So we have to know what's in us. Are you still with me? The beginning of faith requires seed. We've been talking about faith because we need to develop and strengthen our faith. The beginning of faith requires seed. That's why the Bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing of the word of God. Our faith is built by and through the word of God. We're not going to be able to see the results or reap the benefits of God's word unless we allow his word to be his seed. Oh, hallelujah. Some of us wonder why. We don't have in our life what God's word says it has. Well, we haven't accepted and received his seed, Brother Clifford. Amen. Are you hearing me? We haven't received his seed. It is potent. It is strong. The word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, the Bible says. Amen. And it will work for us if we'll work the word. But the only way to work the word is to receive it by faith. Faith cometh by hearing. That's why church is important. You've got to hear the word of God. to have, If you want to have a faith like mine, or faith like someone you sit next to, or faith like your grandpaps, or faith like someone else you know, you have to be able to receive the word of God. You have to eat, sleep, drink, depend on the word of God. I don't rely on a paycheck. I don't rely on someone else to be my resource. The word of God is my resource because I've received the seed. Come on, we testified the other week that within just days, we were able to hit our $5,000 goal. I mean, come on, y'all. God's worthy of some praise. Over and over, we've testified of God's goodness and his faithfulness. Over and over, we've testified when we needed $100,000, $100,000, you know, when we needed a van, we needed a bus, when we needed anything, God has always provided. Oh, thank you, Lord. Because his, his word is seed that I've received. I'm not afraid to ask him of anything. Because his word says, ask anything in my name and I will do it. Some of you are sort of, still sort of like, mm, I don't know about that. Because you haven't received the seed. Oh. You haven't really received it into your spirit and, 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 and then allowed God to test you in it. Because he will test you in it. Hallelujah. We, so we've got to come into the house of God, hear his word. Hear his word because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. His word is his seed. And so when God gets ready to create or do anything, he opens his mouth and he speaks. 
Hallelujah. Genesis 3. If you flip over a couple chapters, watch this. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. I'm going to read it to you. It says, the seed of the woman. There's that word seed again. The seed of the woman shall rise up and bruise the head of the seed of the serpent. Mm. Oh, help us, Lord. Now, in Genesis 3, well, they were worried about their circumstances and the mess that they had created out of their disobedience. Well, they were worried about circumstances and situations and the problems that were facing them. Here God is talking to them about seed. They had tasted the forbidden fruit, and they lost all the privileges of staying in the Garden of Eden. And God, what God did is God said, in spite of your circumstances, you're going to have some seed. In other words, God's saying this is a seed fight. Now, follow me. We're going to go somewhere. Are you still with me? Jesus was the seed of the woman. I'm going to show you all this here. He was the seed of the woman. That's important for you and I because if you and I are going to receive faith, we often pray for objects and God is answering us in seed. Are you hearing me? We'll, we'll pray for something materialistic. We'll pray for a car. We'll pray for some you know, item, some thing, some object, and then God answers us in seed. In other words, you and I could pray for a tree and yet God provides an acorn. We see it as an acorn and we don't see it as a tree within the seed. So here we are, then we'll want to complain and say, God, I'm still waiting on my tree. And God says, I'm done with the tree. You're not recognizing the seed. And so he answered the prayer. See, God's answers often show up in ways that they're sort of undercover. And we have to be paying attention. That's why it's important we know the word. And so then we end up getting frustrated because God's answers don't look like our prayers. Oh, are you still with me? That's why it's so important that we understand the Bible says, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. See, I'll be able to identify his answer in a seed form because it, his seed won't look like my need, my prayer. Are you hearing me? God will answer in some other form. Oh, you're going to catch it all. Eventually, you're going to have this aha moment, and it all makes sense. Because Jesus, is, in, in Genesis 3, Jesus was talking about a coming Jesus or, or a seed. Remember, he said, the seed of the woman shall rise up and bruise the head of the seed of the serpent. Jesus was talking about, or, or the, God is talking about the coming of Jesus or a seed. He's using circumstances. The, the, the enemy was using circumstances to fight seed. And the enemy will always use circumstances in your life to fight seed. Haven't you ever noticed that, that you will come here, you'll get a good word from God, you'll leave here, and all hell will hit you in the face? Because the enemy will always try to attack you to attack your seed, what you received. To try to kill the seed. You'll come in and you'll get your faith increased, you'll get encouraged, you'll, you'll get an uplift of some kind, or you'll... You, 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 in some situation, circumstance, and the enemy will attack what, what good just happened in your life because it's a seed fight, hallelujah. But you and I still have a seed. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. There's a seed. I have seed. Somebody say that. I have seed. Glory to glory, glory. 
Mm-mm-mm. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Every person in this place or watching online that's ever suffered with low self-esteem in any capacity, what you need to understand is that's simply the enemy trying to talk you out of your seed. That's why it's important that you know what's in you. That's why it's so important that you know who you are. That has a lot to do with faith. You and I have got to know who we are. How do we know who we are? By what the Word of God says about you and I. You are not what people say that you are. You are not what your family says that you are. I am not what the news says I am. I am not a pronoun that someone gives me, or you hear me, but I am what the Word of God says that I am. Mm-hmm. Follow me now. You are not what, what the enemy tries to tell you in your mind what you are. That is the enemy trying to corrupt you and, and steal away your seed. That is him trying to talk you out of your seed of what God said that you are, of what God said that you will do. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But, but God is more powerful than that. His word is more powerful. So you and I have to receive his word and believe upon his word. Thank you, Lord. See, one thing that's important is if you and I know that we are bearing precious seed, we'll handle ourselves a little bit differently because we have too much to lose. How many have ever just lost it for a moment and act a little bit cray-cray? Right? I've given examples of that in my life where I, I've gone crazy, I've been angry, I've made a fool of myself, right? But the eventually, eventually there comes a point in our life where we outgrow that and we realize I have too much to lose if I do that again. If I make a spectacle of myself, if I, if I get up in your face and punch you square in the jaw, I, you know, I have too much to lose at this point in life. I, I can't be acting a fool anymore, right? Some of you are like, you don't really act that way. Not anymore. Hallelujah. It's all under the blood. Uh-huh. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Ramona, we'll have a good time. It's all right. You know, we get it, right? Sometimes you want to claw someone's eyes out with a spoon. But you don't because you realize I've got too much to lose. I've come too far to be acting that way anymore. Hallelujah. And then some people like Lois are just too old to try to hold somebody down and claw their eyes out with a spoon. So we outgrow it. Because I know what's in me. Glory to God. I know what's in me. Mm -mm -mm. So I can't act like others do because I got too much to lose. I may not be in, in harvest in my life right now, but if I have a seed, I need to understand that harvest is imminent. In other words, I, I could be in a bad season of my life, but being in a bad season of my life doesn't give me permission to act up and act differently than what God has told me that I am. How many of you know that sometimes we behave in a manner that doesn't look like what God said about us? You know, church people do act crazy sometimes. Uh-huh. Sometimes we're not always looking like church people, right? I didn't look much like a preacher yesterday. Some of the people who were helping us work on the streets were like, you, you the preacher? I'm like, yeah. I was dirty and scurvy and a messy mess all over the place. And the one lady said, oh, for real? You're the preacher? I said, yes, I'm the preacher. 
I said, I'm not always in a suit. Hallelujah. And so despite what I'm doing in the moment or despite what trauma or things that are going wrong in my life, hallelujah, I recognize that I'm carrying something. And so because I'm carrying something that God has deposited in my life, I'm going to be up under attack. But the only real way for me to have victory over what I'm struggling with in this life is for me to know who I am. What am I packing? Hallelujah. What is it that I'm carrying? What has God given me? Do you realize every one of you in this place is gifted? God has gifted you with something that only you possess, only that you carry. That's what's so beautiful about the body of Christ. And in this place, everyone in this place, God has gifted you with something that only you are carrying. It might be similar to me, but yours is definitely unique and different. Hallelujah. His word talks about how he gives gifts. Amen. How he, has, how he gives even spiritual gifts. Hallelujah things to each one of us. You need to know what it is that you are good at. You need to know what it is that God has called you to do and realize that the enemy will attack the seed that you are carrying. The, the Bible says that the enemy comes but to steal, kill, and to destroy. But I, Jesus, have come that you might have what? Life and have it more abundantly. The only way I ever get to step into that life and have the abundance of it is if I know what it is that I'm carrying and then I begin to walk that out and I don't accept the fact that the enemy is going to take my seed and let him do it. Oh, come on, somebody. I, I'm not going to let anybody, I'm not going to let the devil take someone else out of my life. Amen. You need to refuse to let the devil steal some other person out of your life or you to have to give up another dollar to the enemy. Amen. Or another job or, or, or any more of your health. Amen. But I decree and declare the word of God over my life to protect and surround the seed that he has given me. That's why he says, above all, he desires that we prosper and be in good health. So when sickness tries to come, I just said, Lord, I thank you that, that the enemy will not be able to steal the seed that is in me because you desire above all that I prosper and that I be in good health in the name of Jesus. You said in your word that the enemy comes but to steal, kill, and to destroy, but you've come that I might have life and have it in more abundance. So, Lord, protect your seed. Are you hearing me? Hold God to his word. And that also helps to keep my attitude in check so I don't get angry at people or at God because I don't see it working yet. Mm -hmm. Often God's not, I don't see it showing up in my life yet because God's waiting on me. Mm -hmm. I said often it's not showing up in our life because God's waiting on us. Oh, we got to get in line with where he's at. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Even the devil knows you're carrying precious seed. That's what was happening even in Genesis. The enemy was attacking for their seed. The fall of man was all about trying to attack the seed. Hallelujah. To, to get what they would produce. Oh, my God. But despite the fact that the enemy is after our seed, you need to know that something is about to happen in your life. I said, something is about to happen in your life. Amen. See, I got to wake you up. I said, something is about to happen in your life. Yeah. Oh, and how God keeps confirming it over and over again. Everything, even in the Old Testament to the New Testament, the, the, the real thread of authenticity throughout the Old and New Testament is God is always talking about seed. And I'm not talking about seed when you give to the Lord. 
although we could. I'm talking about the seed that is deposited within you. Hallelujah. Everything in the Old and New Testament always comes back to seed. Think about this. The Bible says that those that sow in tears shall reap in joy. How many have ever just cried a lot? Lost a lot, cried a lot. The Bible says those that sow in tears shall reap in joy. If you've ever done any crying in your life, all you need to understand is you've been watering your seed. Come on, somebody. If you've been going through a bad time, a rough time, or maybe you're, you're in the midst of a do-over. How many have ever had to do that? Where you're in this, the same season again. You're like doing it all over again. It seems like I lived this before, right? And, and yet what you need to understand is, is we could get discouraged and depressed about where we are or that we could be further than where we are. But you need to look at it and say, I've just been watering my seed for harvest time that is coming. Hallelujah. And so we may have been crying, but the Bible says those that, those that sow in tears... Hallelujah, shall reap in joy. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, thank you, Lord. I could be a giver, and at the same time, I could be crying. But the Bible says that come to harvest time, I will reap in joy. So if you've, if you've ever been doing any crying, what that scripture needs to help you understand is it won't always be like this. I said it won't always be like this. If things are bad, if things are discouraging, it won't always be like this, but there's a season change that God talks about. Those that sow in tears shall reap in joy. Hallelujah. So it won't always be like this. If I spent all of the month of May crying, then, 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 then that, what that means is I might have joy then in December. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because it won't always be like that. You may have met me in my sewing stage where, where I was doing a lot of crying and mourning, but, but I won't always be there. Hallelujah. Because those that sow in tears will reap in joy. Oh, God. Think about it this way. The, the Bible talks about Pharaoh and how Pharaoh was killing all the, the newborns and, and, and boys under the age of two. Remember? Take you back to maybe Sunday school class. So he, he sent word to have all of them killed under the age of two. What he knew, and the reason he did that is because he knew that a leader was coming. And he was trying to kill the seed of someone that would challenge him. And so the reason the enemy is after our children and our generation is he is trying to kill the seed. People, church people even say, I don't know what's going on with this generation. I do. The enemy's trying to kill our seed. And so he is, is corrupting and getting into the midst of our younger generation, trying to kill the seed, trying to stop the continuum that God has created. Are you hearing me? So we don't see as, as many children in church, and we don't see as many ch uh, children hungry after God like it was maybe when we were growing up, all of those things. We, we, we just see uh, children allowed to stay at home and sleep in on, on Sunday mornings. Hallelujah. Because And we're letting the enemy steal our generation. The enemy is after our seed. Hallelujah. The reason there's so much trouble in some of our homes is the enemy is after our seed. If you could understand the greatness that is on the inside of you and, how, and, and what God is calling you to do, you would understand the attack that you've been under, that the enemy is trying to steal your seed. 
You know why us as men are under such an attack, not just with who we are as men and people are trying to define what we are as a man and make us feel less than, I know I don't mean to get so political, but the truth of the matter is, is everyone wants to change up what a man really is. And so we are under attack as because the enemy is after our seed. He is after who you and I are. If we question who we are and what God has called us to do, it will make me weak and feeble. And I'll begin to act like what the society tells me I need to begin to act like. That's why our men don't look like men no more. I'll see some of y'all scared to say amen. I'm not afraid to preach it because I understand the attack that we are under. Are you hearing me? I understand what the enemy is doing. He is trying to get you, you and I as men not to, not to live in this life as men, not to lead our families, amen, with integrity and character, not, not, not to, to not be the protector and to not be the provider. And so you wonder why you're going through what you're going through. The enemy is after your seed, because he knows how powerful you are. Because he knows how anointed you are. Just imagine if you could get what's in you, your dreams and your visions to actually manifest how you could be a world changer and a history maker. And so the enemy has you and I like spinning in circles. Come on. Some of the things that I know that men are struggling with in, in this life, in our church, in our world, right here in our community, the enemy has us just, just, just like a, a, a mule tied up on a post. Just going in circles over and over and over again. And we're never really obtaining what it is that God, we know that God has on the inside of us. Never really achieving greatness. Oh, my God. And so the enemy is attacking our seed. That that's, might be too heavy or too good for some of you. You, you. you might not have the ears to even hear what I'm telling you, but if you could begin to understand the reason why you are where you are right now, it's not about you. It's a, he, the enemy is after your seed. He is after what is in you. He's after the greatness that God put in you that the enemy wants to try to steal, kill, and to destroy. But somebody needs to tell the devil he's a liar. Oh, see, I'm preaching better than you're responding this today. Uh, Cynthia, you hear what I'm saying. I know you're receiving this word today. Hallelujah. We, we had this very conversation, Gloria, in the conference room over there the other week. Remember, just before the coalition meeting, I was sharing with people in the community how the devil is after our, our men. He is after our seed. And the reason that often the church looks like the way that it does, the reason why sometimes our churches look weak and feeble, is because we've left the, the, the enemy attack our men to attack our seed. That, that is where, oh, I don't even have time to go down this road, but somebody has got to take a stand and say, no devil, not me. You're not getting me again. You're not getting my seed, but I am the Lord's and, and decree and declare the word of God over ourselves. Devil, you will not get my seed. Devil, you will not get our men. Hallelujah. We need to decree and declare even over the men sitting in this place and watching online today. You will not have them. Devil, you are a liar. You cannot take what God has set aside and ordained what God has predestined for you. Amen. He knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. That's why God put a seed in you. God put a seed in Brother Don back there. God put a seed in every one of us in this place. God put a seed in Clifford and, 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 and Josh and me and Brandon. God put a seed in Scott. God put a seed in every man in this place. And yet you've got to be able to identify there's bit more in me than I've allowed to be made manifest in my life. And the devil is isn't going to take it. 
And women, you need to start standing up and not accepting how things are for what they are, but start decreeing, declare the word of God that the, 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 and plead the blood of Jesus over their seed. Plead and just declare angels surround our men that they rise up and be what God has called them to be. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The devil is a liar. I don't want to get mixed up in the weeds because I wasn't planning on saying all that. But we are fighting for seed. I said we're fighting for seed. That's what was happening in Genesis. That was what was happening with Pharaoh. Pharaoh was scared of seed. Woo! My God, my God. The enemy is scared of what could rise up within you and I. So he attacks our seed. Oh, my God. The reason our schools are so corrupt and trying to hide things from mom and dad, I'm going to tell you, our local school districts are teaching our children stuff they don't need to be taught that is not scriptural and not godly. Don't you dare try to tell my boy or my daughter they are not what God created them to be. Don't you dare try to put that nonsense on them, and they're doing it. You know why? Because the church has sat down and, and let the enemy steal our seed. Jesus, help us. Can't even define a woman or a man. Get out of here. Jesus, I know I'm going to offend some of y'all on TV. You just got to live with it or turn the channel. Hallelujah. It's garbage. God is very clear in his word what is a man and what is a woman. Glory to God. We'll leave that alone. The enemy, but this the fight we're in. The enemy is attacking our seed. Woo, Jesus. So the enemy knows if he can cut you off early in life, he can cut off the stages of your life. Watch this. I'm going to prove to you again how the enemy is after our seed. God told Abraham, I will make your name great. He, he, he said, I'm going to bless your seed, and out of your seed shall come a great nation. Another example, Rebecca, in the word of God, when she was carrying twins, the Bible said she carried two nations. And the Bible describes what she was carrying as they were two nations fighting in her womb because she was carrying precious seed. In other words, God, in other words, the enemy is fighting you over your future. Do you realize some of the battles I've fought in this life, the enemy was fighting me over my future? Do you realize some of the things we're fighting in our community and in our city, what this, some of the battles this church fought 12 years ago when it was planted was the enemy fighting our seed to not get us to the point where we make an absolute difference in our city, where we're impacting lives, where, where we weren't just cleaning the streets yesterday and pulling weeds and picking up trash, but neighbors were coming out of their houses saying, hey, how can I help? What can you do? It's not just about that. It's about demonstrating the love of God, demonstrating the kingdom of God on the earth. Oh, hallelujah. We're, 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 the enemy was fighting us 12 years ago to keep us from feeding the hungry and clothing the poor. And if he would have won 12 years ago, he would have killed the seed. Is anybody here on what I'm trying to tell you? This is why you've got to understand what you were up against. It is bigger than just you. It is about what you will produce. You will produce what you are. You've got to know who you are. Woo, Jesus, help us. 
That's why you staying connected to the body of Christ and hearing the word of God and getting good teaching. Like, I know y'all get some good stuff here. Why you getting that teaches you who you are. I'm not boasting. I just know that when I bring the word, I bring the word because I know I got his seed. There's no question when I open my mouth that he's going to speak because I've received his seed. It was not from the Reader's Digest, y'all. It's the seed. It is the word of God. Whew. Thank you, Jesus. Enemy's fighting you over your future. But watch what happens. The enemy is fighting you over your future, but watch what we do. You get frustrated over your now, but the enemy is fighting you over your future. Look how many times you and I have given up, thrown our hands in the air, and given in to what attack is happening in our life. And the enemy isn't fighting you now. He is fighting you in your now, but for your future. Uh-huh. That's why we've got to become more strategic and understand how the enemy is operating. And so, so if you can believe you have a future, watch what happens. If you and I can believe that you, that you have a future, what you're able to do then is you are able to step over your now and step into your destiny. Oh, that's good. In other words, I'm not going to let these present circumstances distract me from what God has ordained and predestined me to do. Uh-huh. See, my, your electric can get shut off. Don't let it distract you. Hallelujah. Let the repo man come and tow your car. I'm not going to let it distract me. Come on, somebody. You, you can let people get mad at you and, and yell at you and walk away from you in your life, but don't let it distract you from the seed and what God has put in you for your future. Are you hearing me? The enemy does what he does to get you distracted, and if he can get you distracted, he will get you uh, misdirected. Woo. So stuff will start happening in our life. So instead of me looking where what God is trying to say in the midst of my loss, I look at what I'm losing. Oh, I'm preaching good to somebody today in this place. Whew, Jesus, hallelujah. I, 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 there's so much goodness I've got for you today. Oh, my God. So much good. I love preaching on faith because I, I, what I'm doing right now is I'm throwing seed. See, you might think I'm being emotional. No, I'm, I'm trying to talk. I don't know. See, some of you are receiving, some of you won't. That's, not my, that's none of my business. It, it's about me just throwing out the seed and saying, who's going to receive it, catch it, and I'll let it do something in their life. Now, something you need to understand about faith in seed is the first thing the enemy tries to kill is your hope, that there's a future. The first thing the enemy tries to kill is your hope that there is a future. Because Hebrews 11 says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. Do you know how many thousands of people our church serves every month through food and clothes? If you don't believe what I'm telling you, then you haven't connected in a level of service yet. But when you and I put food in their cars, like we're going to do Thursday, or when we did served over 200 people on Tuesday at the clothing bank, a lot of them come because they have no hope. We were posting about the Coalition Cleanup Day on Facebook, and some goofball had the nerve, so I blocked him, had the nerve to say, nothing is ever going to change in our city. Why are you waiting? You 
devil? I just called him a devil. Because only the devil will speak things like that. Are you hearing me? The devil is a liar. That is someone who has no hope. But the Bible says, I have a hope and a future. The reasons we have to serve so many people in our community, and we'll keep serving them as long as we need to, but the whole reason we're doing what we're doing is to give somebody hope. The reason somebody, some of the neighbors came out of their houses yesterday and the one guy said, uh, uh, he said, I take care of mine. He said, but I'll get my weed whacker and I'll help you do some of the ones on down the street because by the time we got like a block or two down, we was tired. And I thank God for him coming out of his house, Gloria. And, and he, he grabbed his weed whacker. Are you hearing me? What we did is we stirred up hope that it doesn't have to be what, what it looks like. Are you hearing me? That we don't have to surrender to, to addiction and all the things that is swallowing up a generation, but that we're saying, no, no, we're putting a stake in the ground and saying, no, no, we're, we're gonna decree and declare God's word over our city, that it will be what God said that it will be. Are you hearing me? So it's not just about making it pretty, but it's about speaking life into a place that has surrendered and accepted it for what it is. I refuse to accept poverty as what it is. I refuse that we will be swallowed up by that. I refuse to accept that the plan of the enemy will, be, will, will happen in this city. I refuse that. So there can be naysayers and people who, didn't, who are going to disagree with us, but we'll continue to decree the, the, the word of God over what God is doing. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? The enemy is trying to attack our hope. He's trying to kill our belief that there's a future. The, the only reason why some of us still are going around in circles in, in this life and that we're struggling with some of the things we're struggling with is because the enemy has attacked your hope. He's trying to make you believe that it's never going to get better. In fact, some of us have had people in our life who said, you, you always be that way. You'll never become anything. And it was by them saying that you come to church and you worship, but you, you believe it down inside. It's in there. And you, so here you are trying to receive faith, but underneath of that, in the midst of that, you, you've got this stuff that you're, you're beholding on to and believing that is contrary to the Word of God that is killing your hope. But watch this. This is why the enemy attacks your hope. If you don't have hope for anything, your faith doesn't have anything to grow from. Did you hear what I just said? This, this is why I know I'm preaching for somebody today in this place. If you don't have hope for anything, your faith doesn't have anything to grow from. So the enemy is after your hope. Your hope that your relationship will get better. Your hope that finances will get better. Your, your hope that you will ever get set free fully. Your, your hope that, that life is ever going to change. I hope that you can even hear and receive what I'm telling you right now. Somebody say, I still have hope. Say it again, I still have a hope. There's been times in my life I lost my car, but I still had hope. There's been times in my life I lost my health, but I still had hope. Hallelujah. There's been times I've lost some friends, but I still had hope. There's been times we've lost church people, but I still had hope. Are you hearing me? Hell is after your hope. And if you allow yourself to lose your hope, it doesn't matter how much I preach, your faith will have nothing to do. That's what you have to understand, how hope and faith come together. 
If you lose your hope, faith has nothing to do. Because when faith ceases to be hungry, then feeding ceases to be relevant. Oh my God, that's good. I said when faith ceases to be hungry. See, some of you come to church and you're hungry. You're like, yeah, give me something good. And then some of you are just grazing. You always just have casual eaters in, in the church. Some of the people yesterday after the thing, they were, we were talking a little bit about church and different kinds of churches and how some churches are like shouting and shouting back at you when you preach and then others are just sort of like chilling while you're preaching and working hard. There's just different kinds of churches and different kinds of people. But, but listen, what I'm trying to tell you, when faith ceases to be hungry, feeding ceases to be relevant. In other words, you're not interested in what God has to say. What I've learned is that the only people who have hope of receiving anything in this place today or any Sunday are the people who are hungry for what God has to say. So maybe there's some hungry people in this place today. Hallelujah. Maybe there's some hungry people in this place today. The first step in you and I getting and obtaining some hope so faith has something to do is stop allowing negativity to speak in your own mind. Stop allowing yourself to be surrounded by a circle of friends who speak negativity, who speak against what God is trying to do in your life. I'm, I'm telling you, get away from people who say the words, I can't. It's too late. We're not smart enough. You're not able. Because you and I need to be able to have strength to deliver what God has in you. Are you hearing me? Do not surround yourself with people who speak against the Word of God working in your life, but surround yourself with people who speak the kind of vocabulary you need to have breathing and, and, and moving in your life. Because you and I need strength so that the enemy cannot destroy the seed that you are carrying. Come on, church people, I've seen God's people are weak and weary and we get weighted down by the things of life. But listen, it's because the enemy is after what you are carrying. I am a weapon of mass destruction. You are a weapon of mass destruction. Somebody needs to hear me in this place. There is greatness on the inside of you. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what our rap sheet looks like. I'll compare mine with yours. Let's go. Hallelujah. Are you hearing me? It, the enemy is after your seed. The only reason you've been through that mess is because the enemy was trying to kill what is in you. But the devil is a liar and he's trying to mire you down with some of the same vocabulary, the same doubts, the same fears, the same depression, the same insecurities, the same low self-esteem, the same stuff that we've doubted since we were young, the same stuff that was screwed up. And the enemy has you there because he wants to kill and murder your seed. And then you'll just be what everyone always said, that's all you would ever be. My God, my God, my God. I'm preaching for you today. The devil is a liar. Do you know why most people commit suicide? Because they have no hope. Maybe some of you in this place have attempted it. In order for you to ever get to that place, it's because you have no hope that things will ever get better. 
Notice something. Think about this. Suicide should never be a result of your past or your present. Because suicide can't kill either one of them. Yeah, it's big. I mean, boom. I said I'm a weapon of mass destruction. That's why I said I'm carrying God's seed. When I get into the Word of God, He speaks like boom to me. That's why when people who have no hope come to me, they'll, they'll leave full of hope. Because I'm pregnant with God's seed. I know that may sound a little weird, but you need to go with me. Spiritually speaking, I know His Word, therefore I'm carrying it, therefore I'm potent. Therefore, when I open my mouth, I can't help but speak life. Therefore, when someone comes to me who has no hope or says, Pastor, I think I want to blow my brains out, I help them to see you want to blow your brains out about something that's happening right now or something that happened in your past and it has nothing to do with where you're going. The devil has you looking at all the wrong things. That's why I'm telling you today, suicide should never be the result of your past or present because it cannot kill either one of them. Because watch this, when you kill yourself, you kill your future, not your past. Oh my God. When you kill your future, when you kill yourself, you kill your future, not, not, you're killing your future. You kill the possibility of better. Are you hearing me? The enemy has got you killing your seed. You kill your hope for tomorrow. Get those thoughts out of your mind. I rebuke the devil in the name of Jesus. There is a spirit of suicide that is coming upon the people of God. I'm telling you, there is an epidemic happening where the enemy is getting in our thoughts, causing us to think it would be easier. Just blow my brains out. Just snort another line. Just go drive in the lake. Come on, somebody. Are you hearing me? Because we think it's easier. It's better because the enemy has you focused on that things will never get better. And so how's the enemy get us there? Before the enemy gets a person to kill themselves, watch what he does. He deteriorates their vision of what is next. He makes you believe nobody cares. He makes you believe that nobody loves you. He makes you believe a lie. So he messes with your vision. So he murders your seed by killing your vision. Jesus help me today in this place. Do you realize I wouldn't be standing here if I gave in to everybody that was ever critical of me? Gave into the people who talk about me, spread rumors, lies, or whatever. Or if I listen to people who just didn't agree with me, say we preach heresy. No, I we just you just don't know the word. You better check yourself. Hallelujah. <laughs> we don't preach nothing that can't be backed up with multiple scriptures. I wouldn't be standing here. I wouldn't be standing here if I believed the, the, the lie of the devil that said I'd never walk again. The enemy is trying to attack your seed. So before the enemy gets a person to kill, he deteriorates the vision with what is next. So you end up drowning in what is now. 
don't you realize, look around. We, we often say, look at the news, it's so discouraging because the enemy's trying to drown you in now. Don't worry about the election of 2024. The enemy is trying to drown you and I in now. I, I'm not even kidding you. The, the Pittsburgh news is, is a cesspool of just ugh, vomit, vile nonsense. So is our national news. Why? Because the enemy is trying to drown you in your now. Because if you drown in what is now, you cannot see what is next. Oh, God. Amen, Brother Clifford. I mean, amen. If the enemy can drown you in now, you can't see what is next. That's how the enemy is killing our seed. That's how we have people in our city that believe that it will never change because they're drowning in their now. That's why we have people that are overcome and have succumbed and, and, and drowning their sorrows and what's going wrong in their life and all sorts of uh, addictions and things that are going wrong because the enemy has drowned them in their now. They cannot see a future. That's why we have a job to do. That's why we have a big job to do. That's why our church is as busy as it is. Amen. Look around, but we are one of the most busiest places in the world. I don't know how I'm going to get through this week. Amen. But, but I'm telling you, we're a busy, busy place. We always have something going on, but we're trying to help people see beyond their now. Hallelujah. Not let the enemy take their vision. Are you still with me? Are you still with me? Hallelujah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I want you to turn to Luke chapter 8. I, I, I'm not going to be able to give you all this, but Luke chapter 8. It's, it, 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 it's a powerful parable. This is the only parable that Jesus does not leave us to figure it all out. This parable is important because everything in the world is built on the principle of the sower and the seed. I say that because, watch this, if the princes of the world would have known what they were doing, they would not have crucified Jesus. Because all they did when they crucified Jesus was crucify the seed. Jesus said, I am a seed except a grain of wheat fall into the ground and die it abide alone but if it die it brings forth much fruit how many remember the scripture watch this if the princes of this world would have known what they were doing they never would have crucified Jesus watch this because when they crucified him they thought they buried him but really, they planted him. Because Jesus said, I am a seed. Watch this. So really, they planted him. And on the day of Pentecost, he harvested the seed. See, there are some people that they thought they buried you. But in reality, they planted you. See, some of your enemies, they thought they buried you. But really, they just planted you. In other words, it means I'll be back. It's like the Terminator, I'll be back, right? That's what Jesus was saying. They, they thought they were burying him, but really they were planting him. 
It means, in other words, it means you may only see an acorn, but there's a tree inside the acorn. It means you may only see an egg, but there's a chicken inside the egg. Let me break it down for you. God is hatching you through what is hurting you. I said, God is hatching you through what is hurting you. In other words, it's all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. It might be hurting me in my right now, but it's hatching me. It might be hurting a little, but it's hatching me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. My God, my God. Jesus. I said the principle of the sower and the seed is important all throughout Scripture. The reason the enemy often attacks our seed, whatever that might be, sometimes it's your gift. Sometimes it's our finances. Sometimes it's our family, our marriage, our relationships. We often get attacked in those areas, but I've learned that God won't give anything to anyone that won't do anything with what he gave them. And so you and I got to make sure we're using the seed that God has given us. God has given you and I some great things in our life, but we never do anything with what God gave us. God gives some of us gifts and talents. And if you're not using it and you're praying for God to bless you in some area, God says, I can't bless you with, with, with something you're asking for because you're not doing anything with what I gave you. I'm going to show you in the word in, in this chat right here in Luke 8. Are you ready? We're going to have to come back to this next week because I'm, I'm, I'm out of time. Can I prove it to you another way? I, I'm sorry. The, the Lord just reminded me of this. I remember the story of the, uh, the, the two, uh, two fish and five loaves of bread. The feeding of the 5,000. Mm. This is why I said I got to prove to you that you got to give God what you have. If you give God what, what you have, he can take that and do far more with it. Remember I said God won't do anything. God won't give anything to anyone who won't do anything with what he gave him. So if God gives me a gift and I'm not allowing God to use my gift for his glory and I'm sitting there, God, I need this and I need this and I need it. God's saying, mm, look at you and your cute self trying to get me to give you something, but you won't give me what I gave you. Is, am I making sense? Some of you look at me like I'm crazy. We're, we're trying to get God to show up big and bad in our life and God's saying, yeah, but I gave... I put greatness on the inside of you. Look at you. You, you, you. you got a voice to sing, and yet you won't even open your mouth. I anointed you to play an instrument, and you won't even. I've I, I released a book on the inside of you. You better get to writing. I, I'm being for real. That we're often asking God for things, and God said, but I put seed in you. And what are you supposed to do with seed? Sow it. The only the only way that acorn becomes a tree. Remember, I said, Jesus said he was seed. They thought they killed him, but really they planted him. 
the only way we are the recipients of the seed of the word of God is because Jesus was not just crucified, but he was seed that was planted that a harvest came on the day of Pentecost. Are you following where I'm going? Because God gave me what he had. God says, if you give me what you have, I can work with what I put inside of you. But until you give me what I put inside of you, oh my God, I can't release to you the fullness. Remember his word said, the enemy comes but to steal, kill, and to destroy. But I, Jesus, have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. The only way you and I ever step into abundance is if you give him what you have. Oh my God. God, that's good. I just love it. Now I said I'll share. I'm going to share. We'll, we'll, we'll come to, to to Luke eight next week. I'm gonna I'm gonna end right here with this story of the feeding of the five thousand because that's where, where I hear the the anointing of God just driving me. Whew. Remember the story of the feeding of the five thousand, the the two fish and the five loaves of bread. They could only be counted, watch this, as long as they stayed in the boy's lunch bag. He showed up on the scene of all these people fainting and falling out because the long-winded preacher. Jesus had preached too long. Anybody ever been in a church where somebody preached too long? This boy was smart. He's like, I'm going with a lunch. I'm going to sit there and eat my M&M's. Jesus ain't going to keep me all day. Let me pass out. He shows up with two fish and five loaves of bread. And what's interesting about the text is, is it could only be counted as long as he kept it in a Smurf lunchbox. I say Smurfs because that's what I had when I was a kid, you know, like. But the moment, watch this, the moment that Jesus got it out of the bag and Jesus started using it, it started multiplying. Because God gives seed to the sower. Now watch this. If the boy had kept the lunch and he just sat over in the corner and ate it, he would have only had two fish and five loaves of bread because he kept it to himself. I want to know why churches have dwindled and churches are closing. Because we've kept our two fish and five loaves of bread. Like this. Eating in the corner. Focused on me. The disciples said to Jesus, Lord, we, we got a break for lunch, man. You got to shut this down. You're preaching too long, man. They all need to go to Subway or McDonald's and get a Happy Meal and, and come back. Jesus is like, no. I got seed that I got to sow. He said, somebody got to have some Panera around here. Some Fermani brothers, some kind of something. He says, scope out the crowd, find out what you can find. And they do, and they find a little boy with a lunch. And the little boy could have kept it and said, I, I ain't got nothing. Better walk on by. You didn't see me munching on no fish. But the little boy says, I have two fish. Five loaves of bread. It ain't much. It's not enough. 
So as long as the little boy had the fish and five loaves of bread in his little lunch pail, we can count that it was two fish and five loaves of bread. But where we lose count is after the boy gives it to Jesus and Jesus takes it and he blesses it and he breaks it. It begins to multiply. So much so that the Bible says that it's not just the feeding of the 5,000 where many preachers get this wrong as there were 5,000 men. Not to mention women and children. If you add in the women and children, it was like 15,000 people. Now watch how God is awesome. God starts breaking it and it starts multiplying. Jesus starts breaking it and multiplying it right there so we lose count. The Bible says that they broke them up into groups of 50 and all of that just to be able to feed them and feed them effectively and make sure that everyone gets food. They were all done. And when Jesus finally is quiet and and the long-winded preacher sits down and gives the benediction, Jesus says to the disciples, he says, now get you some baskets and go gather up the scraps. And they go after all the people disperse. And from a lunch in a little brown bag that wasn't enough, the God who was more than enough was able to bless and break up two fish and five loaves of bread so much that the scraps that they gathered filled 12 bushel baskets of food. All from a boy that gave a lunch that was not enough to a God that is more than enough. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? So while you're sitting there thinking you, you, you're not enough, but you'll never have enough. That what you give to God in an offering never makes a difference. Or what you could give to the church, or what you could do for the kingdom, or what you could write in a book, or or what you could post on social media, or how you could impact and make a difference. Only Jesus can take what looks like a little and make it more than enough. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The enemy is attacking your seed. That fish and five loaves of bread was that boy's seed. Seed. And because he sowed it, God multiplied it. There is greatness inside of you that the enemy is attacking to get you consumed in your now, to cause you to abort your future, to get you focused on your now, to cause you to abort your future. Are you hearing me? Jesus, help us. Next Sunday when we come in this place, we're going to read Luke 8, and I'm going to preach Luke 8, 11 through 15. And the question is going to simply be, there are four kinds of ground. What ground are you? There are four types of people in that text. What ground are you? There are people who hear the word and do nothing with it. There are people who who come in, hear the word, will dance, will shout, will sing. But it's short-lived. 
kind of ground are you? You can't give them all away. So you have to hear the remainder next week. So if you want to get a jump on where God's going to take you and let the Word of God percolate, read Luke 8, 11 through 15. And it is powerful what God is going to show you in your life. It's powerful how God's going to show you what's been going wrong in your life and why and how. Through four simple verses. Because the kind of ground that we are. So I want to leave you today with the question, will you give him what you have? It might not be enough. You might think what you have won't even make a difference with whatever it is, whatever seed it is God's talking to you, because it might be different for some of you. The reason you've gone through what you've gone through is because God said, I've left you do that. I've left that happen in your life to create seed. Will you give it to me? Will you give it to God? If you will give it to God like the little boy in his lunch, you will be absolutely amazed how God can multiply what is in you and make it be more than enough. Hallelujah. I hope you were blessed and ministered to through his word today to know there is greatness on the inside of you. The enemy is after your seed. He is after your seed. Man, woman, child, doesn't matter. The enemy is after your seed. He is after what is in you. He's trying to take your hope for a better tomorrow. But the devil is a liar. Stand to your feet if you're able to in this place today. My God, my God. I want to simply close prayer and bless you that this seed would go deep. I sense the presence of God. If, if this word has spoken to you, I, I want you, I'm not going to embarrass you, make you move out of your seats today. But next Sunday, I want you to be ready. We're going to do an altar call. But right now where you are, if this word ministered to you and say, yeah, I know that was for me. Receive his seed right now. Just if you can stretch out a hand, lift one up. I don't care what you got to do, but give some sign to heaven. Yep, that was me, Lord. You're not demonstrating it for anybody in this room or for me. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. Receive the seed. It is like the, I, I, you know what I see? It's almost as if the enemy has had his foot on your neck. It's literally strangulating the life right out of you. Suffocating you. And you know what this, what I, what I see in the spirit, this word doing is, is this word just came forth and allowed you to breathe deep. <gasps> Get your breath. And release the hold of the enemy from crushing you. I don't know, but there's somebody that can relate to what I'm telling you right now. Because his word is seed. 
And you, you, what you're doing right now, if you'll stretch your hand or lift it up or do some, some kind of symbol to heaven, say, yes, Lord, I, I receive your seed. That's me. The enemy's attacked my hope. That's you receiving this word for your own right now. That, 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 that's you. That's him sowing his seed, impregnating your spirit with his word. That, that This morning was the last morning that you walked in here with no hope. This morning was the last morning that you got up wondering about things that have been wrong and what's going wrong. That, that, that was it. That, that, that's over right now. You have now just received the, the uncompromising word of God. Seed has been planted on in, in you and within you. And, and now what you are doing is you are going to give God what you have. I know you were praying about other stuff, but you've received this word. You were going to give God what you have. And God says, uh-huh, because you're going to give me what you have. You're going to give him your time, your talent, your treasure. You're going to give him. If he anointed you and gifted you to play an instrument, you best be ready to get up here on the platform. If he anointed you to sing, you better get ready to sing a song. If he has anointed you to write, you better start reading some poetry. If he anointed you to write a book, you better get to writing. Hallelujah. If whatever he anointed you, if he anointed you to be evangelist, you better get ready to save some souls. Hallelujah. If he anointed you to counsel, you better get ready to start leading people through 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 counseling. Oh my God. If he, whatever he has put inside of you, God is trying to raise that up and bring that up out of you. And so he, God's saying, if you will give me what you have, if you'll give me the seed I put in you, then everything else you're praying about We'll come forth in abundance because we're about to enter harvest time. Are you hearing me? We're about to enter harvest season. Listen to me. You're here today by divine appointment because we haven't officially entered harvest season yet. There's still time to sow seed and reap a harvest. Oh, come on. I'm still getting tomatoes off my tomato plants. There's still time to reap a harvest. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So God said he sent you here by assignment so he can deposit a seed in you so that as, as we step into a harvest season, there'll be more that comes out of you than you ever dreamed of could come out of you because of what he just deposited on the inside of you. Greatness lives on the inside of you. There's a greater man on the inside of you men than what you've yet attained. Are you hearing me? You men, you are godly, men of integrity and men of character. You are men of valor. Men, you are like Gideon's mighty army. You have been whittled down and dwindled down. You have lost a lot. But God is sharpening and helping you to have an understanding of what is in you is greater than what's going on around you. And if you listen, God will reveal to you the greatness that is inside of you. And you will be amazed if you will surrender to the fullness of what God is trying to do in you. Listen to me. If you will surrender to what God is trying to do in you, then what is going on around you won't affect you. 
listen, I'm going to say this and I'm going to close with this. The reason somebody said to me the other day, I, I was at Walmart in Connellsville and I go to Connellsville oftentimes so that I don't get bothered. A lot of people don't know me down there. So I thought. Because I go through Uniontown Walmart, I can't get out of there in under an hour. Everybody be stopping and talking to me. I went and I was in a hurry and I kept seeing this man. He's watching right now because he said he does. Kept seeing this man and I, I was just too focused on what I was doing. Finally, I get down in the grocery side. I come up right by the cabbage and he reaches out his hand. And he says, aren't you that preacher? And I was dressed in my hey dudes, my shorts and my t-shirt. I wasn't looking like no preacher. And I stopped and I said, yeah. He said, I watch you every week. He said, I know I'm not where I'm supposed to be. But you deposit seed when I watch. And as I took his hand and grabbed his hand, he deposited seed into my life. It wasn't much. It wasn't about that. And I didn't shake his hand to get money. He put a $20 bill in my hand and I knew when he, when he shook my hand and put it, it was much. So I received the seed with gladness because he didn't know what his $20 just did for me. And so we stood there and as he said, I know I'm not where I'm supposed to be, but you, you speak seed into my life every week and he's depositing seed for me. I, I just thought, you don't even know what you're doing right now. Out of his mouth, the word of God just flowed. I mean, because the seed was in him. But somebody had to tap into, God's using us to tap into what was in him. Prego, it's just in there. That's what you being here is. It's me tapping the well of what's already in you. You, you might come in beat down, weary, worn. People might tell you everything that you are not. Amen. You can have exes tell you what you are not. You will never be good enough. Amen. You can have family tell you you're not enough. You, make, you can live with a miserable wife or miserable husband. Hallelujah. And they can always tell you what you are not, but God will always tell you what you are. And that's what this house is. It's a place where we will always tell you what you are, not what you are not. And as I shared and talked with him, it reminded me that where we came from 12 years ago and where we are today. And I told somebody yesterday, they said, you weren't always at that church. I said, no, 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 no. So we started in Super 8. We went to another building, came here. And I said, 12 years, I said, we own it two church buildings, two houses, eight city lots, a school and 10 acres. Started listening. All because when it all began, we gave God what we had. If you will give God what you have, He'll do that for you in your life whatever it is whatever it is give it to him and you might be able to count right now like sometimes are you hear me 
I might be able to count sometimes in my wallet easily what is in it. I got up this morning and my bank account was hacked. It was one of those nights while I was sleeping, my alerts were going off about this withdrawal. And I thought, Lord, this is one of those moments where because they took everything that was in the account, the bank will get it back eventually. But watch this. I could easily count what I have, but if I give God what I have, when I give it to Him, that's where I lose count. If you will give God what you have and your time, your talent, your treasure, that's where you'll start losing count of all the goodness that He will do. Father, if this word blessed you, lift your hands. Father, let me, let me pray for you. Father, I thank you. I sense your glory, your presence, your anointing. We receive your word to the deepest part of our spirit and soul. Plan it. Plan it. Plan it that God a harvest shall come in my life, in our lives. God, I thank you that today is the beginning of these people's hope being restored in the name of Jesus. We rebuke the devourer of the enemy off of their life. As your word says, as they give to you, as God, we give you our talent. As God, we give you our gift. As God, we give you our, our time, whatever it may be. Lord, you said as we give that you rebuke the devourer. You rebuke the one that is trying to steal my hope. If I'll bring to you what you have given me to give. So, Father, I pray you would bless and that, Lord, you would seal this word. I sense your presence in a powerful, intimate, mighty way. God, do in your people begin something powerful and awesome. And, God, as we come back next week and we dive into Luke 8, 11 through 15, God, I thank you that there will be rhema and revelation that will go deep. In the name of Jesus. Devil, loose your hold off of God's people from choking the life out of them. I rebuke your plans and your plots and your purposes, but I decree and I declare that the seed that is in every man, woman, and child under the sound of my voice, it will stay. You will not abort the plans and purposes and seed of God in their life, but, but the harvest will come. The harvest will come. So devil, I rebuke you. I, I command you to loose your hold and I command that every plot and plan that you have purposed would be aborted and not the seed in the name of Jesus. You are the, a liar and the father of every lie, devil. So I, I just command that our ears be shut off from your whispers. I command that we will no longer be soil that would be the recipients of what you try to sow into our life, but only soil that would receive the, the infallible, powerful word of God from this moment forward. Now change us, O oh God. Do unimaginable things in our life because of your word. God, do extraordinary things in their life this week. God, start a chain of events in their life that is unstoppable in the name of Jesus. From this day forward, 
and God will give you the glory and the honor and the praise. Bless us this week in everything that we do. Let everything we lay our hand to be blessed and multiplied. God, I pray people begin to lose count of all the blessings and abundance that begins to happen in their life. God, I pray they begin to lose count with God all the ways in which you bless. I pray they begin to lose count of all the ways in which you do miracles in their life. God, because we give you what we have, let the multiplication begin. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray today and we declare amen and amen. Church, would you have a blessed week in Jesus? Enjoy the multiplication of God and all that he does in your life. We can't wait to see you. Come back Thursday. Help us at the distribution. And if nothing else, we'll see you Sunday for the next part of this series. God bless you. We love you. Have a great day in Jesus.